So, that, so all of that leads me here. Why are we uh-huh. standing on top of a giant landfill? What, like, why did you take me here, and why do I see so many discarded candles? Well, Dave, okay, I wanted you to see firsthand the problem facing the candle industry. Mm. L- let me hit you with this stat. This okay. is actually sit down okay. on all those discarded candles. Ow, 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 ow. Yeah, it's going to be sharp. Almost two billion candles are sold globally each year, and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next million years. Okay. I, I wouldn't say this to a lot of people, John. Yeah. You're not lying to me because you don't lie to me, John. I, I would never lie, especially about candles. I, saw, I told you that the first years, day we met. That is Gnarls Barkley crazy. Although I must admit, this landfill does smell pretty great compared <laughs> to what I anticipated. The, you know, the candles do kind of pick that part up, but it's disturbing. John. Hey, Dave, yeah. you're funny, but this is no time to I'm joke. So sorry, okay, The dude. folks at Notes yep. knew that we all want our homes to smell great. I do. But figured there had to be a more responsible way. And guess what? They found the perfect solution. What did they come Let up with? Let me tell you. If you'll okay. stop interrupting me, so I'll tell you. So Notes created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again. And guess what, Dave? Again. Again. Yes. Please don't interrupt me. So you don't become part of the problem. It's so easy to use. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, and all you do is place the wick in the reusable notes jar, fill it up with the wax beads, enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours, and then just do it all over again when you're ready to get a new one. Oh, so that means I can switch out of fragrances all the time. That's right. That sounds great. I'm checking out their website, and I think I already have my eye on the Centol and Atlas Cedar. Cedar. I knew that would be Plumeria and Pink Current. Yep, Mm. yep, yep. The one that you're enjoying right now, uh-huh. Smell that? Mm, it's vanilla and pepperwood. That's like my two favorite scents. No, and the names of your bunnies, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah, just coincidence there. <laughs> okay. Did you know that there are thirteen amazing fragrances what? in all? Dave, that's almost fourteen oh. fragrances, <laughs> handcrafted <laughs> by fragrance experts at their home base in South Carolina. And they are to die for. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up on high-quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notecandles.com slash podcast. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code DADVILLE. Just use code DADVILLE when placing your order. That's code DADVILLE at notecandles.com slash podcast. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Lawrence Folks, this is a big deal for Dadville. We've uh, we've got a uh, guest who is um, kind of overqualified to be on the podcast. Honestly, he's uh, a little too successful. That's well, I mean, we've had success. Just we have too much had upper body strength. I would yeah, say. <laughs> That's, true. <laughs> That's so true. Um, so Lawrence guys with us today, and this is a really like so we Lawrence we start our podcast with what we call a brag sheet, kind of like you know, the things that you've accomplished in your life. And this one is pretty intimidating. Um, I'm just going to start at the top and, and um, just sort of brag about you here. All right. As a freshman at, at Arizona State University, Lawrence played in all 12 games and, t- and totaled 44 tackles, 
That's a lot of tackles. It's the second highest among Pac-10 defensive tackles on the season. He earned all freshman honors and was named to FWAA's, or as we call it, FWA, FWA. freshman All-American team. Drafted in 2011 NFL Draft by the Green Bay Packers. Has been a key defensive player for the San Diego Chargers, the Ravens, and now the Patriots, um, which my heart is still hurting a little bit from the Titans' loss. We're going to quickly move through that. During his first season with the (laughs) Patriots, Lawrence, which I saw that video of you with that tackle and it hurt even worse because that was at home and I was like, oh jeez we're not going to talk okay recorded 58 total tackles and helped lead the Patriots to another AFC championship in his second season with the Patriots Lawrence had an impressive 59 total tackles the team won the AFC championship and made it Super Bowl <laughs> I wish I knew what L one L I I means but I'm not smart enough to know that's hysterical I don't even know I wish I could Super help Bowl. you I don't know <laughs> you guys made it to Super Bowl Blech. Uh, Lawrence had record numbers in the big game and helped lead the Patriots to their sixth Super Bowl title. That's amazing. Ranked number 83 on Pro Football Focus's top 100 list in 2019. Recorded 61 total tackles in his third season with the Patriots. An advocate for students who suffer from learning disabilities fueled by his own diagnosed ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, and I don't even know how to say that. This is like this is the coolest name of something. Dyscalculia. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, good. I was nervous. You're like, bro, come on, get hip. Uh, he launched the Lawrence Guy <laughs> Family Foundation in 2019 with the goal of aiding disadvantaged families. Nominated as the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year nominee this year, which is amazing. And named 2021 Ron Burton Community Service Award winner. And right now is currently in the playoffs. How about that? That's pretty good. I feel like I, I, I didn't did I mess any of that up. No, you did a great job. You know, you, you had to put in being the t- being your favorite team. It, it was the <laughs> biggest plus ever. <laughs> All of that is so impressive. But I, what I'm maybe most excited about is that you are currently going. Like we're not talking to you after yeah, the yeah. season. Like yeah, yeah, we're we're you you are very kindly talking to us like on a day off where you yeah. are in the playoffs right now. I'm imagining that you're, yeah. your legs in like those ice things right now. Like from your, <laughs> we can't see your chest down, but I'm just assuming you have like, we a, assume are you you're sitting in an ice, ice bath, bath right now. <laughs> oh no, that's a little bit later. I got a little footing stick to get in the ice bath because it's cold. Oh, we, we got man. a whole nother, uh, it's like a mini pool, but uh, it's probably the, the coldest ice tub I've ever been in since I've been in the NFL. How, how long do you have to be, like, wh- what is the goal? How long are you supposed to be in one of those? Reality, you're supposed <laughs> to be in there with contrast. So two minutes on, two minutes off, hot, cold, hot, cold. Oof. But sometimes you just sit in there for about 15 to 20 minutes uh, and just hang out. So after a while, once everything goes numb, you just hang out there. And you just are like, you know what? I'm just going to be there. How long does it take for <laughs> yeah, everything to go numb? That's the question. How long? How long? If, if you're used to it fast, you know, you're like, oh, it's whatever. But like, say you just jumped in there. Oh, man, your feet are going to kill you. Oh, it's, no. nothing, it's your feet. Your feet burn the most. That you're like, it just hurts so badly for at least three minutes. But if you can suffer for the three minutes, you be, be golden. Then so fuck these little footies, though. <laughs> then you don't feel anything. <laughs> You don't feel nothing. You just sit there. Yeah, I feel like that's a lesson for life, though, isn't it, Lawrence? Like, if you can just suffer for the first three minutes, you can make it through a lot of things. You know? 100%. You get a good cup of coffee, you'll be great. Or some oh, hot yeah. cocoa. So let me ask you this. Is it, are those things something – I'm going to tell you how my brain would work if I was doing that. I would just want as many friends as I could so that I'm distracted. Like, do you find that you guys are kind of like, hey, let's all roll down – Try to knock it out so we can have conversation and forget we're doing. It. Yeah, is it like, hey, hey, Lawrence is getting in the ice bath. Let's go, everybody, all hands on deck. Or is it something you want to be by yourself? <laughs> so you can just like get into your mind's eye 
and just focus. Like with this new generation, you got cell phones, so everybody's oh, on there. Everybody's you on, on your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I when I first got in, I'm in the, the, the iPhone 4s just dropped. Oh yeah. So you're like, oh, all right, cool. So you, you really got in there, and you just you just talk because you try to talk through the pain, and you just make fun of people that couldn't stick in there for long. Through the pain. Uh, but now, like you hop in, people's on their phone playing games, um, texting, calling. Um, but that that's probably the uh, it used to be a community thing. Like, hey, everybody, we're all right. hopping yeah. in the culture, yeah. got yeah. practice. You're like, cool. Yeah. Because of COVID and everything, it's more like you try to oh, s- yeah. spread out. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. It's, like, say if it was a sauna, everybody gets in the sauna, the yeah. the heat up, and just have a conversation because of a social thing. So John and I play music for a living. When I think of like like big shows, when I know I've got like a big show coming up, like it's it's going to be a lot of people. I sort of get ready in a different way like i'm a little more juice that day i'm like you know gotta get out there is that at all true of playoffs for for y'all like as a player like obviously you care about the regular season you're putting in the work but do playoffs kind of have a different feel or is there any different prep for that like right now oh it has a different feel because um not everybody makes the playoffs yeah yeah. let's just keep it simple it's the hardest thing to do is to get to the playoffs yeah um regular season you always have that okay cool we got to keep it going we got to keep it going um analysis is is one and done like if you don't yeah. win you go home yeah so like that 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 extra time that you have or like oh who do we have next week we don't know who we have next week you'd be like we have this team this week do everything you can to recover study like you're doing in the regular season but a little bit more because it's all always always that sense of um starting it back in your mind like you will go home if you lose the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. everybody amps it up. Like I tell people all the time when rookies come in, they're like, "Man, this is fast." I'm like, "No, nah, the speed of the game is slow in preseason, right? Then in regular season, it speeds up, right? Uh-huh. Then all of a sudden, playoffs is a whole nother speed. Really? Like, what do you? They were like, "What do you mean?" I was like, it, "It for some odd reason is okay. You get in there." Um, then you get towards season, you're like, okay, it's fast. It's a fast game. It, it picks up throughout the year. And the, and the playoffs, they're like, everything moves a lot faster. So for a lot of younger people, they're like, oh, I didn't know. They didn't realize yeah, how yeah. fast it actually could come. I'm like, yeah, this game, this, the game's just a little bit faster in playoffs because everything matters. Every play really yeah, matters. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. situation, every call means so much to the game. So there's like, everybody just picks it up extra notch. These are rookies who are coming to you being like, man, this preseason game, it's so fast. And you're like, look, I've got great news for you. <laughs> it's, this is as slow as it gets. Of course. The best thing about being on the Patriots is is it's so fast in practice. They're like, okay, yeah. the transition is not that big. But throughout yeah. the years, uh, I'm telling you, I'd be like, hey, it picks up. And I'm like, oh, man, that's amazing. I'm like, yeah. Like, it's a whole nother speed. So what is is the Super Bowl then just like the, the pinnacle of that? Like, that game has got to feel like the flash then yeah you just are you insanely just... nervous do you get more and more nervous as the as the playoffs continue you know what i mean no you just understand that the situ- every every game is a big game like every game's a yeah. super bowl that's how you have to keep it in mind because if you don't win you lose so yeah, every yeah. game has to be the super bowl in your mind so you're like okay that's just the glory of everybody wants to go to like this is the right. biggest game to go to it's amazing um but like super bowls it's a slower game like um, the speed of the uh-huh. game is fast, but everything around it is slow. Like we got yeah, TV yeah. timeouts, 
You got the halftime show. You got the beginning. Do you guys hate that? That the halftime is so long at the, at the Super Bowl? Does that does that bother you guys? Well, you got if you've never been, you have to get used to it. That's the thirty minutes you're sitting in a locker room. Yeah, just waiting for the halftime show to stop. So you're going to adjust me, trying to stay warm. Um, it just makes the game so much longer than a regular season game is. Yeah. Don't let somebody go out of bounds and get hurt. Then they're gonna have another two, three minutes of uh, commercials going. What are you doing to stay warm for 30 minutes? Like, do you, do you, are you like, do they have machines? They put you on a bikes or something where you're just trying to keep? No, you just, uh, you, you try to get, get your, your, like your, your sandwich in, like a PB&J to keep your energy up. You stretch oh, wow. a little and you just keep moving and you use the bathroom. You're like, I gotta use the bathroom, keep hydrating, keep moving. Um, that's the best thing to do. The worst thing to do is just to sit for that 30 minutes. Yeah. So everybody wow. tries to keep moving around. Um, that's why you see a lot of people walk during some, but they start walking the field back and forth. People like they're just trying yeah. to stay warm um, because everything takes so much longer. Really intense games of tag in the uh, dressing just, room. I'm just picturing now. <laughs> of like, course, I'm just gonna be picturing every player in the locker room, PB and J in hand, just walking. <laughs> you know what I love about that too is with all of the technology today, people are still like, no man. You got to do PB&J. <laughs> like, we know that works. Let's stay with PB&Js, you know? Like, why, 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 what is it? Was it oranges? Uh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, pickles and PB&Js. <laughs> Ever since you were a kid, that's what it is. That's what's going to stay. It it's never going to change. It's not broken. Don't fix it. So, as Dave said, you know, we're, oh, we're musicians, and we're, we have a strong belief that um, our life is is parallel it's almost identical to your <laughs> life in the so NFL similar. so we're going to be running a lot of parallels throughout this conversation but so one thing that that Dave and I and a lot of our musician friends talk about a lot it's one of my favorite things when we talk to another touring musician who's you know been doing this for a while is wonderful horrible stories that we have like terrible road stories where like a show just like went like the fire alarm went off in the middle of a show or like mm -hmm. you just completely botched some song or whatever. Those are the greatest. And I'm, and I want to know, like, what are your versions of that? You've been in the NFL for a decade now. Are there any, are there any like games where like, we wouldn't know this, but you're like, oh man, that one snap, like we had no idea what to play. What we didn't know, you know, well, you can see it anytime you play go on Sundays. Um, like every you go watch a football a football game and you see anybody turning their head around and it's <laughs> looking around and like what is going on and all of a sudden the ball snap and then it's like we just winged it. Um, I, I can remember I remember this one. Uh, there, I have a lot of them, <laughs> but a lot a lot a lot of them I just won't say. But this the funniest one I ever had. Um, I was playing with the Raven. And our, our coach at the time had a signal. So we had a certain groups that go in. Yeah. yeah. So one, he's throwing out the hand signal. I'm coming off the field. They're on, not the goal line, but about the 10 yard line. And I'm on the sideline. It's like, all right, cool. And he looks at me and it's like, <laughs> what are you doing here? I said, what you mean? <laughs> like, I'm not on in that group. He said, he's like, uh, he said, what do you say? He said, uh, let's just say there's like a, um, a, it was a Raven group. He said, it's Raven. I said, you didn't call Raven? Oh, snaps. So half the people were not on the field. So the person that's supposed oh, to be on the no. field is not on the field. So I'm looking at him. They're on the ball. Oh, so geez. about to be on the ball. So I come sprinting off the sideline, running in there, 
running up, lying up, had no idea what was going on. <laughs> it was nothing. I was like, I don't know what just happened. They hiked the ball, and I just bolted full speed at the guy with the, with the ball and got a tackle. You and did. they looked at me it was like, That's amazing. They're like, what happened? I was like, I don't know, bro. I'm just going. I'm so lost right now. That is just but this, this, this been some. This there's been some times where you just be like, I'm just lost, and you just get off. Being on defense is so much so so great because when you when an offensive player messes up, you can see it. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Like, oh, there was a they a messed up. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, like, hey, that that guard went the wrong way, or they let somebody free up the middle. On defense, you can't really tell when somebody messes up. Right, right. It just right. happened. Right. Yeah. You know, you're like, holy crap, what just happened? You're like, we don't know. <laughs> it, like, it, <laughs> well, we, we fix it on the fly. We we can we can make some things happen. What at worst is just go try to tackle the guy with the ball all the time on defense. On offense, it's like, no, you're blocking. You, yeah, you, you didn't got run your, your route right. You're like, yeah. at worst, I'm just gonna try to tackle whoever has the ball, and then it looks like I knew what I was doing. Right. Correct. The funniest joke ever. I, I get from one of my teammates. He he looks at me all the time. He's like, when y'all mess up. Nobody knows. Yep. He yep. said, when we mess up in the back end, everybody knows. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I said, when, when we mess up, it, it could just be washing under the rug. Like, it never happened. I said, if yeah, y'all yeah. mess up, it's big. And we're yeah, just looking yeah. around like, what happened? Yeah. But um, yeah. There, there's so many. I got so many different stories uh, <laughs> about this not knowing uh, or just being clueless. And like, hey, we just got to figure this out on uh, on the fly. Just try uh, to tackle somebody. When I, you know, when I retire more, those stories might come out. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah we'll have you back. <laughs> we'll have you back. I still, la- last question, though, about the, going back to the nerves, because I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with nerves. Like, uh, again, to run the parallel of musician to your life. You know, like when I'm starting a tour, I just started a tour last November, right? So the very first show is in Minneapolis. Every time I'm backstage in the green room, and when they open the doors for the venue to open for people to come in, I am always so nervous. I'm all, and I'm always like this. I'm, I feel unprepared. I feel like this is going to be, this is a horrible mistake. And then I walk out on stage and once I get that first note, I'm pretty, I'm probably fine. And then for the rest of the tour, there's a part of me that kind of misses being nervous. Cause then I'm never like by show four, I'm not nervous at all. I could, I could walk out on stage at any time. I won't, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine. What is that kind of arc like? What is your relationship like with nerves throughout the season and, and like without your throughout your career being in the NFL 10 years? I mean, you, you're a Super Bowl champion. Like, do you still have the nerves? Do you like being nervous? Well, every, like you said, everybody handles nerves a little bit differently. Mm. Um, like leading up to a game, you, you're just trying to prepare the most. Um, yeah. Then when you get to the locker room, you go to pre-practice. Like everybody has a routine. Like everybody yeah. is like, this is what I got to do. Like I face the same person for every pre-practice. I go against it around the same people for every one-on-one drills. Like I just we build a, a routine. Like okay, I know how you like to prepare. I would like to prepare the same way. Let's right. just knock all this out. Um, it's like we go head to head on on run blocking before practice. I mean uh, for pregame. So it's yeah. like me and this one off line that's hitting each other as hard as we can for two plays. Just to knock all those little jitters out, get the explosion and everything. Then from there, that kind of just keeps you going. Um, But I tell you, like for me, I'm 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 more amped up than anything to get the game started. So 
when that first kickoff happens, you're like, okay, the kickoff happens, you go out there and you're like, this is what I've been preparing for. The best thing you could do is go hit someone as hard as you can. And if that happens, you're going to knock out all the jitters because you're trying to deliver that first punch. But everybody yeah. gets nervous in some type yeah. of way. It's just all about how do you handle it? Like, um, there's people that, that, that vomit and, and wow. start coughing. There, there's people that um, just get real amped up and there's more people that just get nervous and, and start pacing. Um, I just found out after years gone, kept going on and on, their nerves went down because I realized there's only so much you could be uh, uh, concerned about. Like everybody, yeah. you're never like, oh, what if I do this? Or what if I do that? What happens there? I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? If I go out here and hit something as hard as I can, if I do this, if I mess up, that's fine. If I they make a play on me, that's fine. We're all players. We're all good at what we do. It's right. going to happen. It's not about what happens there. It's about what we could continue to do and just yeah. continue continue that battle. And those yeah. nerves kind of go away. Yeah. Right. But all the nerves should go away when fireworks start going up in the air. Like the fireworks are the best part um, uh-huh. of any any stadium. But uh, yeah, that's this what it is. I just kind of realized that there's only so much I could accomplish, and so much I could do that. If I just go out there and do what I could do, all that anxiety or uh, 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 nervousness just goes away in my mind. I'm like, I gotta just keep it pushing. Yeah. Um, and that's how that's how I started handling my like, I can't be concerned about what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. Can I make this play? Not make that play? I like, I just got to do what I what I'm able to do. Yeah. And that helped me out for for a very long time. John. Yeah, why'd you hesitate? John, no, I'm right here. John. No, I see you. Oh, I'm sorry. Just because I'm not looking at you doesn't mean I don't see you. Oh, that's true. And that means emotionally, too. Let right. me ask you something. Do you have any okay. questionable eating habits? Or questionable. Either one of those. You can Questionable answer. or questionable? Questionable or questionable. Okay. Yeah. I have a few. Okay. I would say. How about you? Well, after the kids go to bed, I get the late night munchies, right? Sure. And I always want to go for a bowl of that chocolate-flavored cereal that turns the milk into, into chocolate, chocolate milk. milk. Yep. And it's like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. But man, are those things loaded with sugar and carbs. Yeah. I need yeah. to be smarter, John. Maybe yeah. you find a cereal with high-quality ingredients is more balanced. Let me cut you off right there. One, because okay. you're done with your sentence. And two, because I need to tell you about Thrive Market. I just downed a bowl of cereal of Catalina Crunch dark chocolate oh, cereal. Goodness. Let me say it again. Okay. You know what? No, I won't. I'm no. going to keep going. Okay. It's the perfect swap for your Dracula or like bird-themed sugary chocolate yeah, yeah. cereal we that you eat. We all know those. We know those. Yeah. Thrive Market is full of great products like that. And it's also, it lets you filter results based no, on your no. lifestyle what? needs, Dave. What? Yeah. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, you know, low sugar foods or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market makes it happen. Okay, John, look, that sounds awesome. Yep. It sounds a little expensive. Dave, it sounds expensive. Okay. But as a Thrive Market member, what? I save money no. on every single grocery order. An average of 30% Jeez, each time, Dave. I'll say that again. Okay. You know what? No, I'm going to keep going. Okay, They gosh. also have a deals page that changes daily. In oh. fact, today... I saved over 40%. Don't say save That's almost catch 45%. Wild pink salmon. Don't on say save catch wild save pink, catch wild you pink salmon. That. You know what? I'll say it again. No, I'm not going to say it again. And Sprague, am I pronouncing that correctly? 
I don't even know. I'm just so excited, John. Organic lentils and vegetable soup. Oh. I saved 40%, Dave. It could be Sprague or Spragua, and that's for the people who know, okay? <laughs> it says here that when I joined Thrive Market, yep. I'm also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. That's I right. join, they give, John. You join, they give. You know what? Join in on the savings at Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free, you're not going to believe this, no. but I'm going to say it, what? free $60 gift. No, that's Go to thrivemarket.com slash dadville for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. I'm going to tell them again, John. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dadville. Thrive market.com slash dadville hey dave hey john oh you're in a good mood good yeah, okay yeah. you know our next partner has a product that my family and i use every single day i started taking athletic greens because i wanted to start eating healthier and you know being more fit you know i want my oh, yeah. body to be super fit but i didn't know where to start like so yeah. many people you listen, Athletic Greens AG1 formula makes it almost too easy to start or even continue your health journey, Johnny. Yeah, so what exactly is in the stuff, you ask? Can I tell them, Dave? Can I, okay, let me Please. There are 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. You heard that right, folks. Adaptogens in just one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens. First thing every morning after I saunter over to the kitchen... You know how I saunter. You do. I'm from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And even before my first cup of coffee, Dave, I add one scoop of AG1 formula to some cold glass of water, and down it goes. Okay, listen. It's amazing how that one scoop really does help boost and improve your energy. Am I right, John? Can you? Absolutely, you're absolutely right, Dave. Okay. And that's not all Athletic Greens has to offer. They have more to offer, and let me tell you. It Please. supports better sleep quality and recovery, along with aiding in mental clarity and alertness. Look at how alert I am. Right Gosh, now. your eyes are... You hadn't blinked in half a minute. <laughs> I really love the price point, too. For less than $3 a day, you can invest in your health. That's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Okay, oh, guys? Way cheaper. <laughs> There's no better time than the start of the year to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. All it takes is one scoop of Athletic Greens and water every day. That's it. That's it. Gosh, that's No it, need guys. for a million different pills and supplements. Good night, jagged little pills or whatever it is to you. You can say goodbye to that headache, folks. Let it go. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Good gracious. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dadville. That's all they're asking. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dadville to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know, one of the things I'm always curious about with... uh, NFL players and athletes is kind of what the community looks like with your team, like your friends. And cause it's such, you know, um, it's such a transient career, you know, like you've, you've already played for, is this your, this is your third team? No, fourth. Yeah. Fourth team. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so is it hard to find, and I would even say with your wife also to find people as you move to these teams and you're there for three or four years, is it hard to kind of find a group that you can really go within the team? I mean, obviously you have friends outside of the team in those places too, I would imagine, but is it hard to kind of find people that you can sort of do life with for those years? No. Um, cause you know, um, the best thing about sports is, uh, it's a brotherhood, right? 
Yeah. And that's how you have to look at it. Um, we were out here every single day. Uh, we eat breakfast. We, 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 we go to lunch. We work out. We practice. And once you get that brotherhood, those relationships just keep on um, growing and growing and growing. Wow. Um, I think most people have understood that once they leave the league and it turns into a different dynamic of, I don't want to bother you because I know what's going on. Oh, right. Um, yeah. So wow. everything just comes back a little bit more. Cause I had this conversation a couple of times with a couple of my buddies that are like, hey, I don't really want to bother you because I know how it is once during season. That's why I reach out to you more in all season. I said, I understand. Um, but those relationships always are there. Hmm. I've had relationships with people from, from the last 11 years, 10 years from the league, wow. uh, from people that um, I see once a year because we, we meet up once a year. It's like, hey, this is time of the year we're going to see each other. And, and right. that's what it is. And oh, we just text or FaceTime. Um, but you always try to keep that relationship going. But it's just harder to, with some people than other people. But you just have to understand that you're going to find that that one friend and one teammate that you're just going to continue to build this bond with as yeah. you get out of the league and as you continue to grow. So there is, that's so fascinating to me. So there is an understanding. It sounds like that when you guys are playing, you know, we had Dwight Freeney in, on the podcast about a month ago and he said the exact same thing. He was saying like the season is just so busy and intense and so focused that it's interesting to hear you say the same thing, that those friendships people especially that have, that are either out of the league or friends that don't play kind of almost have to know like look for these you know six seven months i'm just kind of slammed and there's just not a lot of extra space we're in the summer or time off obviously i, I would imagine there's more but so that's a truth then that just while you're playing there's kind of an understood like hey i'm just kind of stitched up for a while correct because you only have so much time yeah um to play this game yeah in reality you yeah. know, and, and that's what, when I was, so Dwight was one of my old heads when I was younger. Oh, so yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of those, yeah, yeah that was one of those things is you have to understand that you have a shorter amount of uh, point of time to play in the game. And yeah, that doesn't mean you don't have friends come out and, and, and watch you play and do that. It's just, you're so focused on trying to accomplish um, family and, and, and football that you're, yeah. you just, this is what your world is like every single day you go to work. We, there's no day, you get one day off. So it's like, you wake up every single day to go to treatment, go to work, go to practice, film study, that people that are outside, your friends that are outside or your, your, your friends that are not playing anymore, understand that. And they're like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm just going to let you be FaceTime you here and there. And, and it's, and it's had this conversation. Like I have one friend that we, we seen each other like, uh, uh, Instagram little memes or something every single day, every other day. Um, and that's just what we did. We've been doing it for the last couple of years. And I know him since college. So it's all like, that was just our thing. Then in off season, we're able to talk a little bit more because it's like, I understand. Yeah. Some people on the West Coast, some people on the East Coast. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's like, I talked to my dad, called my dad at 8 a.m. He's like, you know what time it is? <laughs> I said, I don't know, but. I said, uh, I know you're on the West Coast. It's a little bit early. I told you, like, you know you need to get up in the morning. Um, but this is one of those, the, those aspects that you just understand. You, yeah, you're so yeah. devoted to this game and it's devoted to your family. Um, the time comes. Like, that's yeah. why everybody says, how do you able to do a community service? And how are you able to help the community? You make time for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, that, and that actually brings a lot of people together also with your, mm -hmm. with your friends and your teammates. Because you're like, we're doing something outside of our time on our days off to, to join together for a better cause. Yeah. So speaking of days off, right? I mean, you know, we all have days off, our version of day off. 
But your day off comes after a day of slamming into another 300-pound, <laughs> not just a 300-pound person, but an elite athlete. You guys are just slamming into each other, which I, I know from the outside looking in for our listeners, that may be hard for, you know, for everybody to kind of conceptualize that. So let me let me paint the picture because I know I know exactly what that's like. I <laughs> I slipped the other day and I fell <laughs> on my wrist. Now, so it's not a direct parallel because there weren't any other uh, 300 pounders or elite athletes around. But <laughs> I fell on my wrist, right? This was two weeks ago. So I haven't been able to, um, you know, I can't like do a push up. I can't do plank or anything like that. And on a serious note, like, seriously makes me think of like this tiny little wrist injury that has it's nothing and it has been consuming so much of my mind over the last <laughs> i can't i'm embarrassed to tell you how many conversations i've weaved my injury into <laughs> in the last two weeks and then i think of you guys and i'm like do you even know when you're hurt i mean like they i i hear players say like injury management is like a huge part of the game but you guys mm -hmm. you got to be hurt all the time to the point where you probably don't even you wouldn't even feel this wrist thing i mean you're are you always hurt are you always managing some kind of a injury <laughs> that's a good question right um i, I, I want to make this sound not so bad but sound great uh <laughs> you we, we play this sport where you get hit well, I play where, where I'm at. Yeah. I get hit every single play. Yeah. So it's like, you're going to get hit every single play. Um, and you try, you try to maintain uh, the ability from treatment, treatment, rehab, go ahead and rehab and get a massages, get an ART, get an um, acupuncture, um, warming up the muscles, everything you can to keep everything flowing. Um, but like everybody says, it's different between being hurt and being injured. Um, oh, wow. And yeah. in this game, you're going to have aches and pain. It's just, it's just happened, you know? You stepped wrong on the field. You caught a, the, the, the grass wrong. You slipped and hit the ground. Um, you're always going to feel something. So the pain threshold you have is high. So you don't, I mean, you, you're trying to understand what is true pain and what is not pain. What can you just be like, okay, this hurts, but I can play through it. Oh, wow. And like, I still don't understand how wide receivers jump in the air so high and fall straight on their back and get up and run back to the huddle. I'm like, that looks like it's painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you just get used to it. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just going to keep going through it. So the idea of pain is out of your mind. And you got the uh, adrenaline rush going, right, so you don't right. really feel it. But that like, probably um, like only Sunday. complicates it more. The adrenaline, like you're saying, like you don't no, know yeah. if you just injured yourself. You just don't know. Yeah, is masking it. Yeah, like Sunday I smashed my finger into the um to somebody's helmet. So my, so the tip of my middle finger is like purple, and um, and I'm like, and in my head, they're like, "What's wrong?" I said, "If I take my glove off, I can see what happened. I'm not gonna take my glove off. <laughs> I don't want to see what happened." I said, "I'll deal with this later." Oh, and you gosh. just start, and that's what you think about it. Um, you just start dealing with stuff later, but um, you you just you just understand like a wrist, like you say, when you hurt your wrist, you're like, "Okay, cool, tape it up, keep it going." Um, like, because, like I said before, you don't have a lot of opportunity right. to play this game. Right. It's, it's a blessing and something special mm -hmm. to continue to do it. Yeah. So you try to be like, okay, let me play through certain things. Now, being injured is certainly totally different. I mean, you cannot go. Like, right. like you said, my wrist is 
my wrist is broken. I can't play with my wrist. I tore a ligament. That's something you cannot go through. Like a bruise, that's fine and everything like that. It's fine. But once you start doing certain tears and, and certain breaks, you'll just see people that are like, you are truly injured. You cannot continue to go. Um, but the pain threshold is so high in us. Um, you just got to be like, all right. Like you, like you see with the NBA, they ice their knees. They're icing knee, their knees because their knees are hurting. Yeah. It, it's, not, it's not injured. I'm missing a little bit of pain and just kind of just play through that. Man, I know we keep talking about the new year and new year's resolutions. We just did a podcast about it, (laughs) okay? Mm -hmm. But all the meal prep associated with eating better can get really difficult. Are you with me? Oh, I'm so with you. Meal prep is difficult. Good thing ButcherBox makes it easy. Now, I see where you're going with this. Thank goodness for ButcherBox, a subscription service that takes the guesswork right out of finding high-quality meat. Look, high-quality meat is so important to a healthy diet. Not only does it taste so much better, but it's also not full of harmful antibiotics and added hormones, all that stuff. Get that stuff out of my face, okay? Out. My favorite family meal lately is roasting ButcherBox's whole free-range organic chicken. They even have super delicious and easy recipes up on their website, John. Look, it's hard to beat ButcherBox's quality. But my absolute favorite thing about it is its convenience, Dave. Yeah, it's right there. It's right there. It's I mean, to you. It was not hard for me to say goodbye to the grocery store meat counter. Right. Now, sweet Janine, who worked back there, we loved her. That's been I do hard miss for me. her. I, I do, do miss, miss her. her. Yes, yeah. finger we keep in touch. Every month, Butcher Box ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to the front door. And if that wasn't enough, they throw in free shipping for the whole continental United States. You know the thing is, John, that was enough, and they still do it, and that's why we they love still the double B. Okay, yep. each shipment contains. Take a wild guess how many pounds of meat. I bet you won't get it. I bet seven to thirteen. <laughs> no, <laughs> you are so silly uh, when you guess meat poundage. It's eight to fourteen pounds of meat, depending on your subscription. That's enough to feed the army over at the Barnes household or the McLaughlin household or twenty-four individual 24 meals. Twenty-four. Sign up at butcherbox.com/dadville and you'll receive the ultimate New Year's bundle in your first box. This deal includes ground beef, chicken thighs, and pork butt. That's more than seven pounds of meat added to your first box for free get this new year's bundle before it's gone at butcherbox.com slash dad so you, you've spoken to this twice and this is one of my this is one of the things i'm probably the most fascinated with with uh an nfl player's career and, and we talked to dwight a little bit about this but um wh- one of the things that i think is truly kind of the same about what we do in music and what you guys do in in the NFL is that, you know, those careers on average aren't super long as far as your lifespan. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, you pla- the fact that you play for a decade, you're you're definitely you got to be way average. above it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Average, than, yeah. Than the normal. Do you know um, what the actual average? I'm just curious. You know what the actual average NFL? Three years. Three, three years. Wow. I mean. Wow. You know, and in music, it's it's longer than that. But I mean, if you average out people who are professional musicians, most are kind of out by their like mid thirties, probably early thirties. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I think is so interesting about both these things, and, and again, we Dwight it was fun hearing him talk about this, but is that something that um, you're con- like? Is that a conversation that one kind of happens among players, and then two, how do you think about that? Because I can't think of many things that would be more scary than, and I've seen this in some of my music friends careers where they just didn't think they thought this is what I'll do until I'm dead you know but then life changes or you have a family or you know it's not providing the income you wanted it to or in your world it could be that you get hurt or you know you get cut whatever 
And all of a sudden you're sort of staring at the next 50 years of your life going, oh man, I didn't really think about this, you know? How do you think about that? And is that, is that a conversation guys have in the NFL? And because, you know, I can't imagine too how hard it would be to give up something you love and realize, man, I've, I've got more life coming than I've lived that isn't doing this thing that I love, you know? And so I've got to find something else to do or something to give my time to. I mean, is that something that you think about and how, how do you think about that? Is that in, in, in y'all's world too, you know? I know Dwight can touch on a little bit better because he's now retired. Um, but if you, you truly think about this and everybody, when you come in, the NFL PA, does a great, uh, resource with the, the, the rookies coming in with, with seminars to saying, Hey, this oh, wow. doesn't last forever that you have to understand what's your next career goal. And we have resources to do uh, internships, um, yeah, yeah. studies, oh, that's cool. um, go back, get, get your, your degree. We, we, yeah. they help us get our degrees. Um, once you leave college, if you want to go for your master's, if you, if you left early, then you want to continue it. You have a certain amount of money a year and credits a year to go. Oh, wow. Um, you just have to show you have to uh, uh, accomplish that. And that's the best thing. They're not like, oh, this is it. You're done. No, the yeah. PA is like, we want you to continue schooling. We will pay for you to continue that's schooling amazing. up to this amount of money. You just got to finish the courses and show that you should pass. You get reimbursed. That's the best thing. So make you take um, responsibility oh, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, but as you say, like the average is three years. Jeez. You know, nowadays how the rule is, you know, they switch up at the CBA. You could be uh, on practice squad a little bit older. So the average is a little bit more higher. But when I got in, it was two to three years Jeez. as an interior lineman. And you try to figure out like, okay, is this for me? What do I do? And you just continue to grind it out. Um, but I remember Jarrett Johnson, um, he's, a, he's a Ravens great. He actually played with Dwight in San Diego. Um, and he was like, my goal was eight years. If I can make the eight years, it's a blessing. Wow. And I told him, I said, my goal. And at that time, I was like, my goal is six. If I could be yeah. six, that would be amazing. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. So I remember when I got to my sixth year, then I got to my seventh and eighth. I was like, I have reached the goal of many other people can never accomplish. Yeah what's next and then your mind like i got to keep it going and you know you're still playing at a high level it's like let's keep it going yeah and i think um last year is my 10th year i just finished this is my this is my 11th regular season i just finished that's amazing that's and crazy it makes you think it's like now i'm 31 I, I i get it i just played 11 years in the nfl what's next this ain't yeah. gonna last forever. yeah right and, right and most people think about it a little bit earlier than than most and they're like this is my career path if i want to do but um, a lot of us is like, okay, you have it in the back of your mind. What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? But as you get older, you, you, your thinking changes and you're like, well, I'm not really interested in that anymore. Mm. I want to move towards this a little bit. And you just try to figure out what, what's best for you and your family. Yeah, do you want to no, live in yeah. this area? Do you want to yes. live in that area? Yeah. Do you want to start this business? Do you want to yep. invest in that? Yep. Um, how how is that going to help you with, with you and your, your your spouse? What are they into, or, or what joint ventures can you do? Yes, um, that's great. And that all this comes into the kind of a thought as you get a little bit older in the league. Yeah, yeah. and I'm blessed. Like I've been blessed to play more than a decade, so I'm I like, man, this is amazing. This is awesome. What what do I want to do when I get done? How much longer do I want to play? Right, right. Um, et cetera. And I think that's the biggest thing. Is, yeah. Once you get to a certain point, how much longer am I, do I want to play the game? 
Yeah. Most yeah. people don't get the opportunity to say that. Yeah. Most people are like, well, I wanted to play. I ended my career early. I didn't want it to end early. But then they're in this limbo. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Now I'm I'm at the point like, what's next? What I want to do? And you just kind of just put it out into discussion and try to get all the resources that yeah. you can and to learn the most of everything to figure out that aspect of it. And some people like broadcast, <laughs> do this, do that, do this. They have to put in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I kind of felt like, like, hey, why have a foot in everything? Find something that you're really passionate about and right. just go towards that. Right, right, right. That's great. You, which I imagine having a spouse has got to be so helpful with because you can kind of dream that stuff together, you know, and find something you can share together. A hundred percent. She's amazing. Uh, my wife, Andrea, she helped me out a, a whole lot. Um, so I'm a little psychiatrist. <laughs> like, you get to come back like, do you believe what just happened? Did you see this? Like, what do you mean? Did you not see this? <laughs> see, I saw it on TV. Like, all right. Yeah. Like, um, I don't like hearing myself talk. And, and she knows that. So when we have it on, like, when I'm on TV and she she records it, she's like, you want to see your video? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. She's like, it was great. I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah. But um, you can get to bounce stuff off each other. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And that's great when you can bounce stuff off. And and even if you don't have a spouse, if you have a, a mentor or a yeah. friend that you just, yeah. that that gives you your honest opinion, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what you truly want. What's somebody's honest opinion? Does that sound dumb or not? Yeah, yeah. that's the best. Yeah. Did yeah. that sound dumb? Yeah. No, it didn't. <laughs> all right, cool. We should all be asking that question regularly. What What do you feel like is something or a, a few things about the NFL that people wouldn't know about that like, you know, unless you're on the inside or things about it that have surprised you? Like, is there anything that in your career, you've sort of gone like, let me tell you what y'all don't understand that's really interesting is this, or that's funny or hard, or just um, things that you now look back and go, man, I just didn't think it would be like this, you know? One thing people don't understand uh, about this this sport is, but it's not like the NBA, not like uh, the majors. There's a lot of games in that. Here, yeah. Is, yeah. you have 16 weeks, now 17 weeks, 17 weeks, and you preparing every single week. You don't play a team twice. You play them one time. Unless you're in your division, you play them twice. So you're literally in the classroom every single week learning a new playbook, a new scheme, looking at new formations. So you have to literally dump your brain from Jeez. the past week to the, this new week to restart it all over. And everybody's like, oh, you just go on the field, you practice. No, you go on the field and you practice in situations, you're running. You're, you're exercising, you still got to go work out in the gym, and you still got to go back into the classroom to do all that. And once you start doing all that, you take your notes, you watch your film, and everybody forgets you go home and has to be a, a, a dad again. Mm, yeah, right. You're know, like, hey, you have to be that family, you have to be that dad, that brother, that son, that grandson. And that people just don't realize how much it, it, it happened. Mm. That's why um, mental health has been such a big thing in the NFL for the last last couple of years because now there's a lot of brave people coming out and saying they have issues with their mental health because yeah. it's a lot of stress that happens. Yeah. It's a big workload that you put on a young man at, at a certain time and inspect them to overcome and, 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 and deal with it. And yeah. a lot of people could do it. A lot of people can't do it. A lot of people have that support staff and so mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have that support at all. And from the outside in, that's just stuff that nobody sees. Mm-hmm. Everybody you know, sees like, oh, he messed up. He did this. Well, why did he do that? What's going on with yeah. him? 
Let's mm. find the root of the problem. Everybody sees it's Sunday, you get paid a lot of money, you get to play this game, it's a blessing. Yeah, like, yeah, but it's a lot more that goes into just playing on Sunday. Mm. There's Saturday from Monday. Yeah. So how, how many hours a week would you say you guys are actually like sitting at a desk? You know what I mean? Like everybody thinks of it as like physical, like exercise and training. How much of that are you like in a desk? I'm just curious. Uh, so you pretty much, so you, 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 let's say a typical day, you get to work, you eat your breakfast, you go watch film, go to meeting, right? Uh -huh. So you'll be two, three hours in meeting. Every and day. And you go every day. So that's the wow. beginning of the day. So from, let's say from eight to 10, you're watching film and meeting, yeah. writing notes, understanding what's going on. Then from that other time you get, you get warmed up for practice, you know? Um, then you're on a practice field for two and a half hours. Um, then you go, either you go work out before practice or you get ready for practice. Then after practice, you either, if you worked out before practice, you're good. If you don't, you have to go work out and that's going there lifting weights and everything. Then you go back into the classroom. Jeez, and from there, you go study some more. So you watch your practice film, you break down more film, uh, um, you compare notes, you have discussions about what you see, how you're going to play, and that just continues to repeat itself. Then you get to yeah. go home. And the best thing about it, you just don't go home and it's like, okay, you're done. You still got to watch a little bit more film at, when you're at home with oh, your wow. iPads. And you need to watch a little bit more, another game, some more cut-ups. Then... You, you, you interact. It's either you do it when you get home, you do it at nighttime when you're laying in bed, and that just starts all over again. Jeez. Um, it is exactly like music. It's exactly like music. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nonstop. <laughs> you have to be so exhausted every day, and not just physically, just yeah, mentally. mentally. I can't too. imagine how tired you are. But, I, but the other thing, like, I was uh, ESPN tweeted or retweeted, you know, last night. Alabama's um, safety had like a couple of big plays that he he blew, blew and Georgia won the game the whole thing. But he you know he tweeted this morning like, yeah, I messed up a couple times, but I hear everybody you know chirping and keep doing it. it. Just gives me this energy. But I can't imagine what that would be like as a professional athlete, much less seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands. But now you add social media where people can actually. Yeah. You're hearing directly your to you in real like time. You're, you're no mm -hmm. longer just in the arena hearing everybody scream and they're mad and then you yeah. go home and you just have to deal with it. Now it's like you're picking up your phone or logging on your computer and here's somebody just, you know, going at you. So so to your point about mental health, what was already a really hard job, it's like somebody gave, you know, everybody's got the keys to your front door now mentally to mm -hmm. sit there and, you know, blast you on your bad days and maybe even your good days. And you, so there's this, this inescapable stress it's just amazing to think about yeah and a lot of, like i said a lot of people could deal with it. a lot of people can't i'm not when i came out of college instagram just started yeah you yeah, know i yeah. was just like what is this instagram thing what is this twitter thing so um that wasn't really big around you know uh but i tell people this all the time like everybody can have an opinion if somebody looks at your life every single day and could either criticize you on everything that you did bad how would you feel and they'd be like, well, it will suck. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. I said, but what happens if you don't really care or read what they say? You don't got to go on Twitter and, and look up your name. You don't got to yeah. reply to it. You don't got to understand that. And, and that's the best thing. Everybody has an opinion, but nobody's opinion truly matters 
that's an opinion of the people that are around you that is trying to support you and try to help you grow. Right. And I tell people all the time, I said, I don't really care what some, some fan told me I did bad or, or, or did good. If I did good, great. Appreciate the thing. But if I, you did bad. You did this. You did that. I'm like, okay. But I'm also blessed enough to continue to play this game. I'm blessed yeah. enough to do what I, I love. And if you're criticizing me about what I did bad, are you upset that you're not able to play the game? Yeah. Because yeah. you're criticizing me because there's something I did bad instead of lifting me up and saying, hey, man, you can get them next time. I mean, why are you truly criticizing me? Um, and, you know, that's just, just a world. Everybody has that 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 Twitter finger thing. They can just sit yeah. there and write whatever they want to say and hide behind a computer. Right. Um, does really help nobody else out. And right. yeah. But, again, it's just a world of being an athlete. And I felt like over the years that people were able to express their mental health about how that was bothering them, how what they're dealing with inside. Um, and the NFLPA did a great job of uh, dealing with that. They was like, hey, we're going to approach this. We're going to have seminars. We're going to wow. have uh, uh, multiple conversations about this. And I've been a part of a couple of conversations about that, about uh, the advocate about mental health and how it's easier to share and, and open up about what's going on in your household or what's going on in the locker room to your peers and anybody that can help you. And that's part of it. Like the, the young man messed up on a couple of plays, but how many plays did he did make? Yes. throughout the yeah, year right yeah how many big situations did he did uh accomplish how many times did was he able to help somebody else that messed up right and the best thing about it you can use that as fuel to uh like hey, drive me to be better and better and better because now you doubt in me as a person as a player and i'm right. so much bigger and, and a lot of people use that as an advantage but right. like i said a lot of people use that as a, as a crush and like i really don't want to hear that right um right but it's just how do you ignore it like the same thing in the music business well, I didn't like that song, or you missed that note, or you did this. Like, do you let that eat you up inside? And you're like, okay, cool. I could just change it up and say I meant to do it. It's whatever, and just keep it going. Johnny, hey. John, John. Yeah, no, okay. I said, okay. I said, hey. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I'm What's sorry. up? Listen, it's time to kick 2022 off with a better checking account. With guess what? No monthly fees. I'm not oh. just getting a checking account. We're going no monthly fees. Yep. Dave, I tell you what, it's time for. It's time for Chime. Ooh, Chime, Chime is an award-winning app and debit card that has no overdraft fees. That's zero. No wow. overdraft fees, foreign transaction fees, monthly fees, or service fees. None of that. You can stuff. access your money when you need it, guys, and where you need it. Chime has over 60,000 fee-free in-network ATMs at tons of locations like most Walgreens, 7-Eleven, some you're going to ask, and yes, CVS stores. Mm -hmm. Chime makes it easy to send money to anyone. Even if they aren't on Chime, you can still send money to them. No yeah. fees for you and no cash out fees for them. Listen, let's start the year by making good decisions. You can make your first good decision by joining over 10 million people using Chime right now. Sign up takes only two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Listen, get started at Chime.com slash That's Chime.com slash Hey, real quick, Dave, I just want to add a couple thoughts that I've been thinking okay, about. Okay, great. Yep. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank in a member's FDIC get fee-free transactions at any MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location and at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Otherwise, out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Sometimes pay anyone instant transfers can be delayed. The recipient must use a valid debit card or be a Chime member to claim funds. You know, it, we don't have a, a Dadville award 
if you've won a lot of awards, you know, and I wish we had a Dadville Award <laughs> because you would, no disrespect to our other guests, but I feel like hands down, you would win the award for, for, for many reasons. One, the upper body strength, but two, <laughs> I don't know that we have ever had a guest on this podcast who has hosted a baby shower for 20 single moms providing forty thousand dollars in in diaper strollers etc all that kind of stuff that is incredible that's insane uh, what what was the what's what's behind all that what where does that benevolence come from for you like i said that's one of those things that um it comes with personal experience uh mm. our third child my wife was in had to do an emergency c-section mm-hmm. where um like all the um, fluid was gone, and 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 they just had to bring her in there. And they're like, "Hey, we got to bring you in the emergency section." They 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 had to go through the process. I went in a room, didn't know what was going on, wow. so and scary. I was like, "Okay." Her blood pressure was dropping. Yeah. Um, with it, they got the baby out. Everything was fine. But as we were going, the nurses had to leave the. Some of us had to leave the room immediately. Like there was a it was a cold next door. You're like, "What's going on?" And somebody was going through something totally different with a body. Mm. The baby was losing oxygen and everything like that. Mm. So as we're in triage on our recovery, um, that same uh, lady was recovering with us. And we mm. overheard, um, as my wife is recovering, that she's calling her support staff, her mom, her, her the father of her baby, her friends, and nobody cared. Mm. Nobody. Her mom, she was like, mom has had emergency C-session. The baby's um, on a breathing tube right now, um, uh, et cetera. And she was like, all right, cool. When you coming home? And they're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I did, they, they just rushed me in here. I came to the ER because of this. She was like, all right, cool. I got to go. Um, I got to go to bingo. Yeah, and it is yes. like, it, it kills you inside. You hear yeah. that. And the same thing happened with, with, with the, the father of a child when they were like, but doctors don't know what they're talking about. The baby could do this. The baby, the baby's in the NICU, and, and they're they're pumping the baby, trying to make sure the baby could survive. Yeah. Um. And nobody was trying to help her. Everything was just making it more hectic. And she was in and out, in and out. And I remember going to our, our recovery room. That um, I happened I happened to walk past her as she was coming in, and we talked to one of the social workers. We said, "Hey, um, I want to know what she needs." Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I don't know who's going to help her, but I want to help her. And my wife at this was very adamant. Like, I need to help this person because I'm, she was like, we're blessed and we're lucky that we're in this situation that I have you and I have my mom and my dad that you're here to help me through this mm-hmm. time. She has nobody. And I was like, I understand. Um, so yeah. we asked her and she, she told us everything she, she needed. And she didn't ask for much. She said, I want some diapers. Can I get some diapers in this? Thank you. We didn't tell her who we were, nothing like that. And we got her a stroller, mm-hmm. diapers, um, everything that baby shower had. That's what happened. And we happened to call a, a Uber driver, told her some of the story, and said, "Can you please wait mm-hmm. and make sure somebody picks up this item? Don't leave it on the um, the doorstep because we don't want to get it stolen." And we had somebody check up on her later on that following week or two to make sure she truly got everything because she didn't. We was going to send it back over mm-hmm. um and that drove me and my wife when we sit at that, that dinner table and we discuss what we wanted to uh, uh accomplish this year in, in our community work we always go deep inside and like what can what 
personal reasons can mm. we help somebody else from something happening in our life? And she was like, I want to really impact uh, women of, of abuse and I want to impact women that uh, that have struggled or had a baby or about to have a baby that doesn't have that support. And we were, I was like, I'm, I'm for that and I, I think it's a good idea. And she, we were like, we should get, get stuff that we will use. It wasn't like, hey, we went in there. No, mm-hmm. we got stuff we got. We mm-hmm. use our personal self, stuff that we like. I was like, this is my favorite thing. She's like, this is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And was able to get these 20 women together and gave them, like, we, uh, we reached out to the upper baby owner um, and he was able to, to donate the upper baby vistas, which are very amazing shoulders. We have it. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. And yeah. he donated those shoulders for us. And we just, just kind of just threw everything in there. And, and being able to see some people, like we went in there, um, lady just had a baby. The baby was probably like 12 weeks old. And she was like, this is a blessing because I didn't have this. But the, the moral of all that saying is, I know there's people that, that have that donated to them that are going to pass that down to somebody else that's in need. Right. And right. that's the best thing. And I remember, I, I like, that's what you do is like a domino effect. You want everything to domino down from the charity that you're able to do, the uplifting that you're able to do, that somebody's going to do it also. If they understand what you accomplished in their life, they could do it in somebody else's life. Mm. And that's what we truly plan on doing. That's why me and my wife is, we're, we're so big in the community together. It's not just me and her. Yeah. It's us together. Yeah. That is amazing. I, I, one, of, one of the things that's a, that struck me about that story, I mean, is the situation that you were in, not just your benevolence, you and your wife and your hearts, but it's, it came at a time where if there's any time for you to understandably just be like razor focused on your family, your wife, your situation, it would be that. Hmm. But the fact that you, both you guys in that situation were still looking outward and wanted to help someone else. I, that's just amazing. That's so inspiring, man. It's really remarkable. What, where, where, like, because you do so much work. I mean, it's it. It was so um, inspiring to yeah. see the work that you've put in, and and that you've done, and you're still doing, and that y'all as a family are doing, and your foundation. Um, one, I know that takes you. You mentioned this earlier. It takes so much time and intention, which is so impressive. But where does that fire come from? Like, was that something that when you came into the league, you kind of knew you wanted to do? Is that something that you were doing before that? Like, wh- wh- what was sort of the impetus of that um, posture that you've had and maintained all throughout your career? Um. Well, I, I started off. Uh, my dad was a firefighter for twenty five years. Oh wow! And um. He started off, he got us into doing turkey gift backs when I was younger. I want to say in, starting in high school. And um, and his father was big in the community. He was the first elected African-American district judge. So he was wow, always wow. big in the community, helping out. Where was out, that? Uh, in Nevada. Okay, okay. And so so in Las Vegas. So we did so much. And as a first responder, you help out so many people. Mm. And I mean, my dad told me this story, and I tell people all this, this story all the time, and, and, and sometimes it recollects, sometimes it doesn't to certain people, that um, he went on a call, and I think it was Christmas Eve, and a um, family of four or five, whole house burnt down. Everything mm-hmm. just went up in flames. And he saw them, and in that moment, he had a, 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 like something in his mind. He's like, he's not the first time he's done it, but something that this is like, hey, I need to do something. He went to the store, bought a turkey, bought some some um, size drinks, bought some toys and everything, and went to the the place, the hotel. They were saying that knocked on the door, 
and gave it to him and said, I, I want to make sure that you and your family are able to have a, a Christmas. Jeez, and from there, he looked at us and said, hey, do you want to do four turkeys a year to some families that are in need? I know some people. And, and I was like, yeah, I'd do it with you. And we just continue to do it um, every single day. Um, I mean, every year that Christmas came around, then it started developing from Christmas to, to Thanksgiving. And I started in high school. And so when I got into um, college, I remember I was like, my dad said, and we still did it in Las Vegas. He said, hey, do you want to do it in um, in Arizona? I said, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I said, um, he said, okay, cool. Vaughn's uh, is, is Safeway in, um, mm-hmm. in Arizona. Mm-hmm. He said, well, Safeway has a plan where if you buy this many turkeys on this deal to cost about $40 or $30 for, for a turkey, the fixings and the size are free with it. So we were like, oh, okay. I said, we talked to the manager. So we put enough and we got a, 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 like over a dozen turkeys for Dang. some families and we donated it to a church that was in need. And it just kept going from there. So when I got in the league, I was already doing it. And wow. I'm going to continue this process because you, you, you understand that when I was a kid, I had a, a learning challenge. People went out their way to help me. Wow. Mm-hmm. If nobody has to go out their way to help any other person in this world, but somebody goes out their way to help you, why not pay that back? Yeah. And this is a way for me to pay back because I understand. I've been around a lot of friends. I've been around a lot of families that just need a little bit more help. Instead of just turning away and like, oh, I don't see you. Yeah. You ask me, like, you embrace him. like, let me help you out. I'm not going to give you a handout because that's what you're asking for. You ask for a little help out. I want to uplift you. And yeah. we just continue. And then when I met my wife, she was on the same path in, in her mind. Like she wanted to help out a lot of people. Wow. She's from Colombia. So we mm. send a lot of stuff to Colombia also. So like, what are we able to do this to help out another person? Because we're fortunate enough to be where we're at. Not yeah. everybody's fortunate enough to be, to be blessed to do what you're doing for, for a living, to have fun or to have the financial stability to not worry about certain things. Right. So if you see somebody that's struggling, if you see somebody that, that's down in their luck, if it's at school, if it has to do with mental health, it has to do with this, hey, I'm just having a bad day. Why not say, hey, I have some extra time. I have some mm-hmm. extra resources. Let me help you out. The better yeah. you are. Because you just don't know what that person is going to accomplish in life about mm-hmm. from what you just did. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, this is always the truth. It's always the truth. I actually made a note of this. Last year I wrote this down so I remember. But it seems to me that everyone that I know is that's really benevolent, that are very that have really giving hearts, they have always, always been affected by benevolence before. Like, it, it seems that benevolence has a way of making you benevolent. Like, when your mm-hmm. life has been affected by someone's charity and, and time and giving, it's almost impossible that it doesn't turn into that uh, as an outlet for you. Like, that's always, I look at my friends and people I know who are the most giving people, and they all have stories about someone did that in some way for them. So yeah. it's really beautiful to kind of hear as you're saying. So so we want to talk about your kids before we release you back to the uh, the gridiron. <laughs> I've never said that. <laughs> I sound like Magranda. Out there on the gridiron, kid. Um, so you have these three adorable kids, which they literally look they like kid models. Super cute. <laughs> Golly you Moses. have some cute kids. Yeah, no joke. Thank say. you. I don't, I don't know if you photoshopped them, but either way, they're really cute. Um, so, so what was becoming a dad like for you? I mean, what was what? It sounds like you know your dad is a superstar. I mean, what what was that like? And is it what you've expected it to be like? What has it been like? Well, I'm a girl dad, so you know. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a shocker. The best. You, you know, in my head, 
I'm like, oh man, boys are gonna be amazing. But when you have that, when you have your your daughter, it's like, ah, uh, uh, like I'm gonna marry as every male does. Are you sure? <laughs> That's a girl. Like, yeah, you don't see that. I'm like, nah, I don't see none of that. Like, I, I think he's there. <laughs> like, no, that's he's a girl. Like, dang, okay. Um, but it, it it truly opened my eyes a lot. And, and people that have known me for the last five years have said, hey, you have started changing a lot. Mm, and I said, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I can see more of your sensitive side. I'm like, because in reality, being a, a, a having daughters makes you open up a little bit. You have to be more sensitive. You have to be understanding. Right. Yes, you start doing hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. It, it is. It is makes you embrace life a little bit differently. But it, it's amazing. You know, I, I never thought I'd be the person I am today without my kids. Mm, and yeah. um, and I felt like they helped me grow more as a man, as a and as a person. Mm-hmm. And every single day, I, I understand the blessing I have with them. Um, like I said, not everybody's able to have a child and, and there's a lot of adoptions and I, and I'm happy that people are able to, to adopt, but like the aspect of waking up, coming home from a hard day and seeing your, your kid look at you like, Hey, I love you. It is heart, heartwarming. Like we came yeah. back at, I got back at one thirty in the morning after the Miami game. Jeez. Um, and as I got home, my, my oldest came and she walked in the oh. room and I was like, Scratch that. My son's already in the bed. So I'm just like, hey, Bo, move over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he comes in and she walks in at like 3.30 in the morning and she says, Daddy, you're home. I love you. Aww. I said, I love you too. Go back to your bed. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, all right. She gave me a hug and she went back to her bed. Then when he woke up and realized I was next to him, he was like, oh, hey. And I'm like, <laughs> and like that feeling right there is just so amazing. Oh, so warming. It's like, and like you just can't not imagine it. That yeah, that so that gets me to a question, a very specific question I have for yeah. you, which I have this question for all other dads, but it, it has a particular spin for you that I'll explain in a minute. I want to know if your kids listen to you, right? Because my kids, I'm a, I'm a girl dad as well. I love my kids to death. They are the best. I if somebody said point blank, "Hey, do your kids listen to you?" My knee jerk, honest reaction is no. Not really. They don't listen to me. But here's the difference. I am not quite 6'4", 300 pounds. I'm not going to give my my dimensions out right here, but I'm not quite the same size of a man that you are. So, like, if I walk into a room with a crowd of people and I'm like, hey, hey, everybody, I'm not expecting everybody to turn and listen to me, right? I would imagine your life experience leading up to being a dad. You're the guy, if you walk into a room that I'm in and you're like, hey, I'm like, shh, everybody, shh, be quiet, listen. <laughs> so I'm curious if your kids listen to you and if they, and the times when they don't, what is, what is that like? Are you like, guys, I, I'm someone you're supposed to listen to. Look at, look at me, come on. Look at me. And they're like, no, we're not listening. What is that like? My daughter's listening 100%. My daughter listens. Like, she's amazing. My son looks at wow. me like, 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 you want some of this? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you want it? You want to try me? I'm like, I'm like, all right, bro. I, said, I, see, I see what we got to do. But it oh comes to a point God. where every dad has that look. I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> and there's sometimes where they don't listen at all. I'm yeah. like, all right, guys, it, it's, it's enough. Then it goes to a point when I'm like, hey, like, this is what's going to happen now. Yeah. And they, yeah. they, they, they kick back in point, but 
I'm I'm telling you, I, I got one of them that that my bud just looked at me in my face. <laughs> he like, wants he, to he did up. it. Uh, <laughs> he, he looked at me like two days ago, and I said, "Hey, man, clean up." He looked at me and said, "What?" I said, "What you say to me?" He said, "You want some of this?" I'm like, "Nah, man, I don't want no piece of this." But they listen here and there. But it, it gets funny when they don't. Like I told him yesterday, um, he said he's in the Spider Man right now. Like man, I'm gonna take all your Spider Man toys. Uh oh. Yeah. He's like, he's yeah. Like, no, I'm Spider Man. <laughs> Nobody takes Spider Man. You can't take Spider Man from Spider Man. <laughs> and I'm like, I all right, man. Squares up with you. That is amazing. That is adorable. Uh, oh adorable. my gosh. It, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. What are, What are the ages of your kids? Four, two, and eight months. I mean, that is oh, man. hysterical. You're, you're in the thick of it. Yeah, you're the, you're in it, man. Oh yeah, and um and I I, I enjoy it, but the only times I don't enjoy when that three two in the morning they come in the room oh. and they start pointing like I just want to talk to you and I'm like I don't want to talk to you yeah no. yeah no no, no I no. just want to go back to sleep yeah, this nighttime is not talk time this is not when we talk so so once again thanks for being with us we we have two questions we ask everybody before we. Uh, release them back to the wild or to the gridiron, as I said before. Uh, I'll ask you the first one. What is the one thing you want your kids to know? Oh, man. I'm trying to word this right, but they are somebody. Hmm. You know, everybody is a somebody. Hmm. And you, you are, you're somebody that matters. Hmm. Um, it's not about what I do in life, about, about anything, but you matter. Hmm. And I, I, want, I, I like to tell people all this all the time. And I, when I when I talk to kids with learning disabilities, I tell them a lot, like, you matter. Yeah. It's not about uh, what people think about you. You have to understand that you, you truly matter in life, mm. and you do the best you can, and nobody could defeat you down. Mm. Man, that's I love beautiful. that. All right, last question. Uh, the day comes. You have passed on. It's your funeral. What do you want your kids to get up and say at your funeral? Uh, You know... When you, when you start has to do these trusts and life, uh, uh, life insurances and, and wills, that's the, the biggest thing that you think in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what would people uh, want to say? And, um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I lost two grandparents the last uh, three years. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, that always comes to the back of my head. And I'm like, what do I want? my kids or what do they want me to remember and the only thing i i tell like i tell my wife all i want my kids to go up there and say is that i love them mm. and he, he he was the he was the best father that i could have um and that's it long as your kids say i love you and you did everything you can there's nothing more yeah. and nothing less that you could give away yeah um because like like i told my dad he, he calls me every day sometimes i don't answer sometimes i do <laughs> and he's like i just want let mm. you know I love you and yeah. I'm here for you. As long as you're that, you, you love your kids and that you're there for them, doesn't matter what you give them. Yeah. It's all about that aspect, that you, you, you're there to, to have a, a up on the ear. Um, other than that, just take a shot for me. Like, hey, take a <laughs> shot at uh, uh, some scotch and some, and some tequila and we're like, hey, man. I said, this was his drink. This, this is what it was. Like, everybody just take a little toast for him, just cheer him on, because we're, you're not celebrating a, a, a death, you're celebrating a life. That's mm, only lit. Yeah. That's a great word. Man. I would love to see some tequilas at some funerals. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, listen, I want to tell you, I want to tell you good luck in these playoffs yes, uh, with an asterisk of that 
maybe not great luck against the Titans if you square up against them again. And then I hope, sadly, that you lose, but I hope you have a great we, game. Yeah, well, we're cheering so. for you as a player. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we need this one bad. You've man, already thank won Thank you yours. so much for doing this. You are yeah, an inspiration. You. Yes, man. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks you so for having me. Yeah, and thank you for cheering us on if we ever play the Titans again. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, no, no, it ain't happening. <laughs> 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 <laughs>